This is the Pioneers Club podcast. The community podcast for driven entrepreneurs and leaders. Here you can connect with like-minded people, create a sense of belonging and gain more agency in your daily life. Hi, my name is Monica and I'm your host. I help entrepreneurs and leaders with big ideas go from feeling overwhelmed, scared and confused to being clear-headed, confident and focused as they go after their goals. I'm a mental and systemic coach and primarily focus on topics such as resilience, agency, high performance and goal pursuit, helping my clients thrive in their business with more ease. And I'm your co-host, Patrick. I'm an entrepreneur in the fast-paced media industry and I help people tell stories. As a producer and production manager, I work with a global network of partners to create engaging content, combining media and technology to create value and impact. I went or lit through the topics of our podcast, just like you, and will try to ask the questions you might have. So welcome back to today's episodes. I'm super excited for this one. What do we have in store this week? Well, we are going to talk about something that is inherent in what we do in a pioneering approach to entrepreneurship, freelance, whatever you are choosing to do. And that's a topic of dealing with risk, agreeing to deal with risk. And how do you balance that with your need for safety and security? Oh, I feel like that's a very big topic, especially since when you go into entrepreneurship and trying to be a freelancer. There's nothing but risk when you start out. And at the beginning, it can feel like this most inspiring thing, right? Oh, yes, you're going outside of your comfort zone and you're getting into something new. You have to learn. You're taking risks, of course. But with time, and we have talked about this a few times already, staying in the state of having to take risks and keeping up with this uncertainty, it takes its toll. So it's not for the faint of heart. So what are we talking about when we talk about risk in terms of entrepreneurship, freelancers? How would you define risks in that, in that area? Well, basically what I oftentimes hear from clients of mine as well or other entrepreneurs and freelancers is, well, I love to take risks, but I just want to know that it works out. And this goes against the basic nature of risk because risk just describes the uncertainty about the final outcome that you have with one decision that you make. So basically, if you knew how it ended and if it worked out, it wouldn't be a risk at all. Yes. Instead, it would be about patience, maybe. Like if you knew that it worked out well, but it just takes one year, well, then you need patience, but it doesn't take risk tolerance. Instead, it's about accepting a challenging task that you really don't know how it's going to work out. You have to make calculated risks where you weigh your probabilities, you weigh your outcomes, but then you really have to stay in this state of ambiguity and uncertainty and deal with this while measuring your progress. And this is not something easy to do. And this is something where a lot of people and a lot of freelancers and entrepreneurs then start to stumble because if they don't get the feedback, if they don't see the results as they would have hoped to see them sooner, then the impatience kicks in, then the self-doubt kicks in. And then we start to second guess our decisions or even worse, we start to make rash decisions which even sabotage a good plan just because it's not like the outcome is not clear yet. So you're more in a reaction than action. Yes. And this can be very multifold, right? So the risks can be financial nature, of course. This is something that we all gamble with when it comes to starting something new and starting a new business. 
but it can also be reputational, right? How many times I have heard, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't know what people will think about when I do X, Y, Z. This is something that is so innate in us to try to navigate also this social field that it feels very risky. The reputational, the social area is sometimes even more risky or it, it's perceived more risky because the financial part, yes, we have the numbers. We know where we stand. We know what the risks might be. We can assess it. While the social area, not that easy to assess. Could it be that people might think of it as a more real risk? Because sometimes it feels like, okay, the financial risk that's coming towards me, that's something I can't really change. It's something that's based on numbers, based on clients, based on projects. But when it comes to something emotional, it feels like, oh, I can, I can deal with it at a later point. I can deal with it sometime in the future. That's true. Well, there are a lot of things that make a risk seem more imminent or bigger compared to something else, even though the other threat is much more realistic. So there have been a few studies and they have shown that risks that are involuntary, so you have not agreed to take on this risk, might make a risk seem bigger if they are catastrophic. If they are the effects seem immediate, and this is with reputation definitely, they also seem bigger. I think it's because the reputation that you have is something that is oftentimes very much linked to your self-image and how you perceive yourself, but also to what you do. Because as an entrepreneur, as a freelancer, how people react to what you offer is kind of paying you and is going to determine whether you can publish and go out and have an impact and really sell what you are offering. So it's a little bit more complicated than just being like, oh, I shouldn't care about what people think. So the risk is definitely there, but it's also more imminent because you're going to get it maybe the day after already. While the financial risk is something that if you have a plan to work towards too, you can take various steps and you have maybe a plan A, but also a plan B and a plan C of what you will do if the money doesn't come in. So you have a little bit more of a time frame to play with. So how do I deal with these different risks then coming towards me and that I'm confronted with? Because sometimes, as you said, it's, it's more imminent. The other thing could be further away from me. But how do I deal with those different risks hitting me at different times? Well, the most important thing is to determine your personal risk inclination. It means that you need to know which risks are more important to you or feel more threatening and how much of a safety need you have in which way to fulfill this. This sounds a little bit complex, but it's actually way easier than it may sound. So I'll give you two examples and maybe this will show my case a little bit better. So I have two clients, both brilliant women, very smart and both very successful, but they have very different risk inclinations. So one of them is the typical what our entrepreneur online picture would kind of demand of you to be this take risks, quit your job, go all in. If you have a plan B, you are not certain of your plan A mantra kind of type. And she really is this person. So she thrives with this kind of risk taking. She is more risk seeking and she has quit her job. She went all in. She built an amazing business. And this risk-taking fueled her to be more creative, to look for more solutions, to keep up. I guess it's not everyone's cup of tea because that's very in-your-face, straightforward, 
almost like burning bridges kind of way to do it. Yes, but it was her style and it fit for her. I will say though, she had a context as well. She made sure to have a context in which she knew that she could live this safely. On the other hand, I have this other client equally successful, amazingly strategic and business savvy woman. And she built a successful business with a completely different approach because she is more risk averse in taking these rash decisions. Rather, she built it step by step, making sure that she always had a good safety net so she wouldn't have to panic at any point. And I don't know about you, but for me as well, I know that I am more aligned with the second type simply because I know that my brain would go into panic mode if I had too much risk at one given point of time. So this would then actually trigger me to take very, very rapid impulsive decisions without thinking long-term because this is what stress and threat does to us, to our brain. We think about the short term, we are more focused on survival than about thriving, right? So we make maybe wrong decisions and we can't make strategic decisions anymore. Knowing this about yourself will allow you to then choose a strategy that will fit for you. But what I oftentimes see is that people get pushed into one way or another. They have to act more hesitant because their environment is telling them to just play it safe. And then again, I see other people being pushed into this impulsive rash way, even though they would actually need a little bit more of a considerate approach. From my experience, I have done the second approach and I know for me it was the best way to do it. You always had a safety net and you could start out and could make better decisions based on actual projects that you got, requests that you got. And you don't have to do things that you would normally not do. Like take projects that would make you sell yourself cheaper, projects that wouldn't fit your quality standards. So it's all of this together actually helps you help me in that case to build my company to where I am today. Yes, definitely. From a mental standpoint, I totally get that. And I'm a big proponent of choosing very wisely how to go into your entrepreneurial journey because side hustle oftentimes has this negative connotation, like you're not ready yet to go in, you're doubting yourself or whatever it is. You're not a real entrepreneur. How often I have heard clients say, I'm not a real entrepreneur yet where I'm just thinking like, what do you mean you're in the building stage? This has such a negative effect on our mental state and on our decision-making. So as a mental coach, I'm very much for choosing very wisely which type you are and then going with that instead of allowing yourself to think that there is one absolute way that you have to do it. Again, though, I will say, if you are more of the impulsive type and you, this gives you a lot of energy, you will have to come up with a strategy. It's not a strategy to go just hope and be impulsive, but then something like this more step-by-step approach where you go into it slowly and you, you go parallel to like your job and then build something, this might actually hold you back. Then again, you would have to take a distance from this approach and own your own approach. But there we are again with the self-awareness and self-acceptance. But then when we talk about risk versus safety, how do you deal with balancing, I need to take risks because as an entrepreneur, I just have to take certain risks. There's mm -hmm. just no way around it. There will always be risks to take versus I have this need for safety. How do I balance that? What would you give our audience as, a, as an input to find out where you stand in this 
How much risk do I take? How much safety do I need? Well, it's not about risk or safety in broad terms. I would get very specific. Which risks do you feel you are taking? How important are they for you? And how imminent are they for you? And which kind of safety needs do you have in relation to each specific risk that you are taking? Of course, there is the resilience aspect that you need to be strong and that you need to build on your mental resources. But this comes after you have realized what you are actually facing right now, right? So there would be an assessment of first step, drop the toxic positivity. Oh no, I, I, I know that everything will work out. I just have to hope and close my eyes and just go for it. This is a very sweet approach, but as I already said, hope is not a strategy. Having an, an approach that allows you to be very critical with your goals while being optimistic. So really, what could stand in my way? What could keep me from achieving those goals? And then coming up with clear plans on how you will approach these risks or these obstacles has been shown to allow you to reach your goals way faster and more consistently. So it's a bit of pushing down on the pain because it could be quite painful to actually realize, okay, there's a risk. I don't really want to take it or I, I don't know if I want to take it. And especially when you look at the financial problems, for instance, you know maybe there's no money coming in. And if you look even closer to that, there's fear and anxiety coming with that. Yeah, of course it is. And this is also why a lot of people avoid it. So avoidance is such a procrastination, avoidance, whatever you call it or whichever way it shows up is such a big defense mechanism because people are afraid to look at it. But this reality check is so important because oftentimes you will then also see, and this is also what I do with my clients always in a first step, the important thing is to find out, is this what you're afraid of really based in practical observable conditions like your circumstances? This demands a completely different approach compared to if it's emotional, mental. For example, you are hungry and you say, I don't know why I'm all constantly hungry. I'm craving something. My body is just constantly wanting something. This is such a bad state to be in. I would actually ask you first, right? Well, have you eaten? What have you eaten? And if you have not eaten or if you have eaten things that are high in sugar, for example, so your body kind of demands more to eat very quickly, then of course we would say like, okay, we need to change your diet instead of working on your mental state where you would then kind of try to reframe this feeling of hunger or something like this, right? And the same goes for risk. I know it's painful and this is also why it's good to have someone, a partner with you, someone who can help you a little bit through it who can help you also navigate the fear that comes up with it, but there is no way around it. Because then once you have assessed it, you are more empowered to actually do something. And the uncertainty is the thing that most often weighs down on people and keeps them in a stuck state. So I guess it's very helpful to have an authentic group of people that you can talk to. May it be a support network, friends, colleagues, partners at work, just someone who actually tells you how it is. That's basically what, what we set out to do with the support network that we're creating. Maybe you get a broader view of how to deal with certain things that come towards you. If it is a high quality network, I would definitely say that this is one of the major benefits that you get with it because it 
on the one hand counteracts the toxic positivity. It will show you openly the reality of things, but it will also allow you to get an empowered and enabled state to proactively deal with things and have this reality check to assess where are risks that you might see that are actually inexperienced, like people who have gone the same path have noticed that this really is not as much of a risk. While other things that you may even not see, their support network also will show you, wait, you might want to consider this or that. And it will give you actual experiences and tools and resources on how to deal with that. I will say if you don't have such a network, if you don't have such a group of people, just having one person who can help you do that will also make a very big change. But what do I do if I don't have that single person, that support network, if I feel more or less alone with the risks that I'm confronted with? In this case, the best way to start is to try and choose a more open-minded and empowered approach towards risks. This means that whenever you feel this nervous feeling or maybe even anxiety that comes up with the uncertainty that you have to face, to really check in with yourself and go very detailed into asking yourself, what would I need right now to better deal with the situation? And I promise you, if you really do check in with yourself, not in theoretical general terms, like what we just talked about, this is helpful, but in practical terms, it would mean like, what do you need at this very moment? Then you would maybe realize I would need to check the numbers because it's in my head, I'm getting too vague about things. Maybe you would realize I would need to talk with someone who just can give me feedback that things are okay. I would need maybe something completely else. The important thing is to find out where you would be able to stabilize yourself and get your safety needs fulfilled a little bit more. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your fellow entrepreneurs so they can listen to. Simply grab the link to this episode or grab the link to the podcast and send it to them. If you're looking to join our tribe of movers and shakers to gain a sense of belonging and get fresh ideas and insights, be sure to join our Pioneers Club community. The link's waiting for you in our show notes. Also, don't forget to connect with us on LinkedIn or Instagram and let us know what was one helpful thought or insight you gained from this episode. Have any questions or ideas for us? Head over to our LinkedIn or Instagram pages and tell us. We read every submission and would love to answer your questions in a later episode too. So thanks for joining us. See you in the next one.